0: Oh, it's alive!
1: How do we know she is alive?
0: I hate when people talk during the movie. No
1: wire hangers ever!
0: You are tearing me apart,
2: Lisa!
3: Your stupid minds, stupid, stupid! Relax, it's all in bad taste. Hello. Hola. And welcome back to the Bad Taste Buds. We- My name is Liam. <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to aftertaste the after show where we fuck off both of you so much hello everyone and welcome to aftertaste the after show where we continue to talk trash about our favorite films although this time we're probably not going to talk trash because we are covering the 1973 version of the wicker man one of my favorite horror films i think for my money i think it's uh it definitely has left a lasting impression on me directed by the robin robin hardy starring edward woodward not a <laughs> Edward Woodward. Wait, wait, wait. That cannot be right. <laughs> That's
1: not right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my, my,
1: little, oh, my little sheet. I thought you would have, oh, it might have been I feel like I'm
3: just, just feel like I've had a stroke. Can someone Google this guy's name? No, I
2: think you're right. That's, But I just found
3: it really funny that his name was Edward Woodward. It's a great name, but th- isn't the. Um, <laughs> I mean, they've just copied it twice. Isn't the girl in the film surname Woodward? In the 2006 yeah. one, yeah. Fucking Ooh. weird fucking references. Na, 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 yeah, stars na, 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 na. Edward Woodward, which is fucking amazing. You're right. Uh, Brit e- <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> Britt Eklund uh, and Christopher Lee in, I think one of my favourite Christopher Lee performances. Sir. One of his favourite performances. Sir Christopher Lee? I think it is. I think, it well, yeah, I think it definitely is. I don't know if by, if by this point, but... Uh, so pretty much plot-wise, following the exact same as our um, original episode, our, our, our 2006 coverage, uh, Man uh, gets a missing, missing person report, goes to the uh, fictional... With quotation marks, Fictitious. Island of, of Summer Isles and tries to search for it, basically, and ends up in this kind of ritualistic um, fight for his life as he eventually gets sacrificed to the Wicker Man. Only much better than the 2006 version. Oh, much. for sure. Much, much better. Now, you guys, this was your... I've seen this years and years and years ago, but I think all three of you, you've just gotten around to seeing this, haven't you? This is a first mm-hmm. first view. Um, I mean, let's just start with some opinions. What do we think?
1: In a nutshell, fascinating, captivating oddly silly and serious at the same time yeah. um, and evocative yeah. yeah more so than showgirls yeah, like going that.
2: in with a blank slate knowing some guy gets burnt alive at the end i didn't really know what to expect i didn't expect it to be set in the scottish isles mm-hmm. yeah i thought it'd be somewhere in south america or something a bit more tribal mm. something with those more tribal connotations i suppose okay. yeah, yeah you know
3: mm-hmm. i didn't expect it to be set like on our doorstep more or less I like that it was. I don't know, but there is something kind of rustic about Scotland. I mean, we love Scotland. There is there is that like element of paganism, and I think straight away the movie opens with this sermon um, from our main character. He's giving like a, it, it likes to play with these themes of, of religion and Christianity, and I think the the Christian the Christianity versus paganism is such a prevalent theme, and they they really do. It's it's one of the things that I think wins this battle versus the the, the two thousand six version. It's so much more interesting that there is this element of of kind of faith and religion and spirituality that is just completely lacking in the other one. I love this. The first time I've
0: seen it and it was brilliant, yeah. even though what was happening, from the opening shots where we get the folk songs of Scotland to partway through where he's the detective running around trying to find this girl. Mm. I couldn't fully remember the plot, so for a time I did forget that everyone was in on it, including Rowan. Yeah. Um, in the end, with the costumes are creepy, the mm. suspenseful scenes, everything's light and dark it's got fantastic contrast mm. I think it plays the humour great the accents are fantastic and I could talk about this for hours it was such a good film for me I think for one, me it, oh, oh,
2: sorry Jack no, you, sorry you.
0: buddy uh, the one gripe I had for it was Willow
2: I didn't realise this until we did a bit more digging that she had a voice dub Oh, is she, called, yeah.
3: is she called Willow in the end. Yeah, yeah, she, this. she is, yeah. this
0: really played to a strength
3: oh, for me. Oh. Got, I don't understand hilarious. why they
2: got a girl who couldn't do a Scottish accent to be like a Scottish native and then had a voice <laughs> yeah. dub her Which over. Seems
3: like more worse. They, they also tall. had to have
2: two body doubles for one of the nude scenes as well. Mm. It feels like, why don't you just get a Scottish actor who's prepared, or actress who's prepared to do it all rather than yeah. having to have get three different actresses in I don't know if she was a really big deal at the time and that was a big yeah, selling I mean, point for was, the film
3: she was dating Rod Stewart wasn't she there was this big controversy that he wanted the film banned Like I think she went out yeah. with
2: after the film came out right. and he bought all the negatives and things to try and have them destroyed what a <laughs> so f- only he could see her naked or some weird what a
3: fucking loser like, yeah. fucking <laughs> sorry fuck
0: there's you, Rod Stewart. a great scene with her with the dub where she's hanging out of a window oh, yeah. and the dub starts speaking about five seconds <laughs> before she opens her mouth, has a whole sentence before she even speaks.
2: I know we
1: were a bit like, not sure if it was just Amazon at first. It was a yeah. bit yeah. Uncanny
2: Valley. It looked a bit like... It yeah, was a quite Uncanny
3: Valley, wasn't it? Was. it? It's it's it, The whole film, though, I think that, that word Uncanny Valley really lends itself to this film. Words. You, words. I'm an English teacher. Um, because you, you are... You, as we... If... if, if, if um. Edward Woodwards. I can't remember the character's name, what was it? It's like Howie, Sergeant Howie. Howie. Yeah. He's like dropped, he is the outsider, he's the, the audience avatar. He's dropped into this situation that is so alien and so surreal and so bafflingly odd from the get-go. Like it's not, there's no There's no illusion that this is a normal society. There's no illusion that this is a normal village. And we are with him on this roller coaster of everything is human, but just slightly off. And slightly that's where off. the unnervingness, and it, it comes with the soundtrack as well. The soundtrack plays, which uh, such a better... The soundtrack than the one in the 2006 version. It's this mm-hmm. very folksy, very eerie, very it's, almost childlike
1: soundtrack. It's from soundtrack. actual folklore yeah, 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 songs. Yeah. Um, like, they, they went and they, they dug up a load of actual Scottish folklore songs. Did they literally dig them up? <laughs> literally. But
0: <just laughs> <laughs> well, there was one around the Maypole that I actually end up singing along with. Yeah. It was...
2: Scottish creeped, folk songs kind of creeped
3: me out a little recognised
2: yeah. it yeah. the only bit about the soundtrack I couldn't quite get away with was like in some of the action scenes mm. they try to do or I, it could just be to my untrained ears but it seemed to me like they were trying to do like using like classical folk instruments to kind of do like a 70s cop show sort of yeah. tension dun, dun 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 sort of you know like action sequence sort of vibe but with that sort of yeah.
3: instrumentation it was almost a bit silly I don't know exactly the scene you're talking about it's near the end where they're kind of running away from, from everything and you're right it's just like weird
1: but I think that lends yeah. to its like sort of unsettling it sort does. of it does, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know what's happening well, it's quite yeah serious well that's just just it's my just opinion
3: you like, like <laughs> know this is like this is like a subgenre of horror called it was dubbed folk horror and I don't know how how familiar you guys are with with any folk horror films they've started to make a bit of a resurgence I think if not a resurgence definitely like a homage in the last few years I mean one of the biggest horror films of 2000 I think it was 18 that came out maybe 19 was uh, Arias's Midsummer and um, it's it's did you whisper 19 it means <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen it I just saw it
2: it was next recommended ah, after Wicker Man mean, on uh, Amazon its the themes
3: are all very yeah. similar it pays a
0: massive tribute to it you have the Maypole the mayor Queen it is a culty outside of village they have their own way of doing things their own beliefs and religions and in the end they're also murderers hmm.
3: But again, I just think it, it leans into its weirdness, which is, I think, what the what the two thousand six version is afraid to do. The two thousand six version is very hell bent on being a typical generic horror film, whereas this one, I think, wasn't f- afraid of upsetting people, which it did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't afraid of causing controversy, which it did. It was it, it, it leaning into the sexuality. It was like, right, we are not going to shy away from tits and people fucking and and all these things that would otherwise be off putting. We're going to make you fucking suffer with us because it it, and it is. It does. It leans to that kind of really, really, really tense, unnerving viewing experience. Mm -hmm. And it's more understated than the American one as well. One of the scenes that jumped
0: to mind for me is when they are doing that same kind of exposition at the end once they've caught him, Mm. but they refer to him in odd terms, like the king has come, and for a day he believes himself to be a king, um, and then it's like, you will die a king, and then they have the bells of St. Clement's playing in the background. And they call him the fool, and they explain why he's the fool, but they don't outright say, this is how we got you, you yeah.
3: bitch. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: they don't, and he they was don't, dressed up yeah. like the Jester, wasn't he? Whereas yeah. Nicolas Cage was just in a bear costume.
3: <laughs> well, this is it. There's like there's, its symbology and its themes that actually lend to something. Whereas the, the 2006 version will, will bring up stuff that leads nowhere. This is like, right, yeah, he's playing the fool. He's... I, I, that's the reason he sacrificed. He was the outsider. He came willingly. He was led by he the was virgin. They do this thing with Rowan, the, do, the 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 young girl who's missing that they keep referring to as the hare And I thought this was a really cool moment where they uh, the Rowan kind of leads um, uh, Sergeant Howie through this oh, metaphorical this metaphorical dark. Yeah, this metaphorical <laughs> chase through a rabbit hole, which is like <laughs> this really cool kind of. Reference, obviously, to to C.S. Lewis, yeah. he
0: spirals down thinking the town's crazy, he's crazy, what's going on? Eventually it becomes a literal chasing of the hair where he's helping her escape through the cave and out the other side. I think one of
3: my favourite things realising was that um, the actor who plays uh, Sergeant... Um, Howie is actually the same guy in Hot Fuzz. He's one of the, the village elders in Hot Fuzz as well. <laughs> it was exactly. that his retirement? It movie. was his last. No, it was his last movie before he died. Which is, again is such a weird movie to end. What a on. way to go out there. Thematically, again, with, with <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he
2: died on the set. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, they, they, they actually killed him on the film they left, <laughs> <laughs> left it in the movie. Um, but again, it's, it's a film that deals with themes of, of cults and, and weird, fucking, crazy villages, which. Me and me and you, Ryan, we currently live in a crazy village where everyone knows each other's name and everyone knows each other's <laughs> it's business. charming, and it's fucking accurate. <laughs> it's accurate how much like I think this this I think this village probably has some it weird is. I dark remember dark bringing you coffee. here the
0: first time and I'm walking around the street saying hi to everyone I passed like my auntie lives there. My uncle lives there. I have a cousin over there, and you
2: were the' terrified. One putting... Was your cousin the one playing the banjo on the porch?
3: <laughs> <laughs> also, the one drinking the moonshine. Don't get him <laughs> sacrificing the goat. You know, but it is like there's even the scene in the original where they, the the outsider walks and it's it's an age old scene. It's in like it's shit like American Werewolf where the the outsider walks into a bar and there is a literal record scratch and it's like music stops, mm-hmm. stop singing. But we haven't talked about how The Wicker Man is a horror comedy musical. Like there are actual. <laughs> Full like three minute segments where they are singing and just singing, and that's and the it, entire and thing. The songs and it works.
1: actually give yeah. you some of the, the context to the movie beautifully, yeah. as well. Like the guy singing at the Maypole when he's talking about, yeah, how the whole the rebirth and, yeah. and, and you know, men and women and all on to do a
0: sacrifice to Aphrodite by sending the young man up to sleep with the innkeeper's daughter,
3: yeah. Well, it, it is, it, it's such a risky movie for the time, I think, as well. And during this period, like the satanic panic was kind of just getting heat. This idea, like, the all the conservatives in mostly America were really, really paranoid about people sacrificing. There was a genuine worry that people were doing this in real life and this, this paganism shit was coming back. And well it
1: was released in very much a post-Christian yeah. world though, wasn't it? Like you just you were coming out at the end of the sixties, yeah. you were like hippie sixties, and everyone like was very Ma- spiritual. I was thinking and- of the
3: Manson family. The Manson family was mm-hmm. like the biggest I think that's such a massive milestone in the human history of of as far as like liberal values. Hip, the hippie, the hippie movement, mm-hmm. causing damage, and I think so many people took that that moment in history and were genuinely panicked. So when this came out, they were taking massive risks to the point where they were there were multiple versions of this film. This has as many director's cuts as fucking Blade Runner. Like, there are multiple <laughs> versions of this that are just like. Uh, uh, hidden, uh, there's like this whole rumor that one of them's hidden in like the M33 or something in England, it's, it's fucking it's, it's absolutely yeah, it's allegedly boggling. like yeah. four
2: minutes of never yeah. being released. Just thinking about how much metal played into the uh, exactly the cold scare as well.
3: Yeah, heavy metal music was, yeah, it's, it's huge, it's still huge today. Like, there are still conservative groups that take this really fucking seriously. And Harry Potter, like, the amount of people who think really? that was, yeah, yeah, man,
0: man. witchcraft, it's anti-gods, oh my god. Weird. Can it's,
2: we um, segue into just discussing how amazing Christopher Lee is, please? Oh, God, please, yes. Always and
3: forever. Oh, yes. So flamboyant. Especially in comparison to the one we just watched. We, I mean, we, we're recording this right after we've seen the 2006 version. We watched this other one recently. And it, it's like night and day, the performances. Like, he is having the most fun I've ever seen an actor have playing this role, and you can tell. He says it was his favourite role yeah. on interviews. But he didn't get paid for it. There's this whole, like, I don't know if it's a rumour or if it's confirmed, but he didn't. Request a paycheck for this. He just did this for the fucking shits and chits and gradins, I think um, he's, but they build to him as well. Like he's a he's a presence, and they do they try and do the same in the 2006 version where they build to this. They keep mentioning Lord Summerisle, or they keep mentioning sister in the new like Sister Summerisle. And it's such a it's, flop when she comes on yeah, screen, it's, but it's, it's so it's worth it when mm-hmm. he comes on screen. You, you get, especially when during the May Festival, he's dressed in this oh. like kind of <laughs> womanly, like it's almost like he's dressed in drag, and it, it's so. And fun. he's
2: skipping down the thing with such flamboyance and such kind of <laughs> he's charisma, really leading he's the Why like, right, you
3: not dancing, better
2: fool? But again, yeah, a really good interpretation of a cult leader being yeah. this big charismatic frontman who keeps told. everyone. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I, I think if Christopher too, Lee yeah. came peddling that to me, I think I'd be on board, especially if he just starts singing like he does in that. <laughs> <laughs> With his amazing baritone sort of dulcet
3: tones, you know? It's disorienting. I love that. Did bit. you
2: know, Sorry. I Sorry. Did you know he had a metal album or not? Christopher dude, Lee? Christopher Lee? Yeah.
3: No. Yeah, I feel like I, <laughs> fuck yeah, he did. <laughs> I thought night night's gone score I dude. was about to say, should we put some on after we finish recording and you know, just just chill, Yeah, let's do it. Um, it I, I do think it's just such a disorienting experience in a good way. Like I'm saying that, the new one's disorienting too in a really fucking shit way but this one's disorienting in, in that it, it pulls you out of your comfort zone it makes you see images that you're not used to the scenes where they you're right he's going from door to door and he opens random doors and I think we, if you've listened to our original episode we, we talked about this and there's a woman in the bathtub and there's a girl who falls out of cupboard they work because it, the whole film is fucking weird is it at that point that comic,
1: he finds yeah. a mum putting a frog into a girl's
3: that's mouth a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's cool that's that cool.
0: was uh-huh. really cute I thought like, apart from the frog in the mouth the actual concept of like oh now he's got your sore throat can't hear. Him. <laughs> Okay,
3: I do want to bring this up and I do want to have a little bit of discussion about this because me and Ryan disagreed on this while we were watching it. So, and we said the same about Midsummer. So, Midsummer again, it's very similar where um, a group of Americans go to a Norwegian um, cult, I guess, and don't understand the, the rituals and don't understand the practices. Is Sergeant Howie at all in the wrong here. like, Because he's going into this, these people's society and he's judging the way they live and he's being very fucking judgmental. It's Can a I,
2: big I, theme, isn't it? The religious yeah. intolerance and the yeah. blind faith. That's it. Because it's on both sides of the equation, arguably. Where yeah. How he is religiously intolerant of their values as they are to his yeah. and the blind faith on both sides of the equation. Mm-hmm. Where they both just zealously follow their chosen religion with no real pause for thought or Mm -hmm. pause for consideration of is this right? Is this moral? Is this how I should be living? Yeah.
1: I think as well when when you've got someone like who he was playing who is highly religious Mm -hmm. Like, they do believe that there is another place after death and, and that you've got to behave in a certain way to get to that place. And when you come across a population of people who are doing something the complete opposite and believe so fiercely in what they're doing as well, in the same sort of sense that you do, it's just that clashing of beliefs. So I don't think he was necessarily in the wrong. I think he was very judgmental. I think he was acting in the right way when he thought there was murder. Like, I love the way he says murder. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think they were just both very different... Things clashing together, and that's how I would have expected it to have gone, to be honest.
0: I feel like you oversaw this disagreement. All I said was I'm with them up until they commit
3: murder. And I was saying that I'm kind of rooting for them. Murder is justified. Not rooting for them, but I do think he comes, you're right, he comes into their culture. I get that he's been lured there and that's fucked up. I do get that. Like there is, the, there's so many problematic elements to that yeah, they shouldn't murder him. I understand that. <laughs> you're right,
1: but, just bad. But I get a little bit
3: of a, I get a Oh, bit, he's super judgy. I get a little bit of a semi when I see them that they're happy at the end. They're like, oh, they're, 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 the crops are going to grow. <laughs> yeah, I kind you know, kind they're like, going to be okay. Not. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's at he's the
0: end how there, he's just works. <laughs> quoting scripture at the end instead of trying to save himself in any mm. form. He just sat there quoting scripture, letting himself die. And you know Cause the the what? Because that's what a good Christian
2: would do, though. You know, yeah. if you believe you're going yeah. to heaven, and uh, a lot of Christians, you know, he's if God is the last thing on your mind. I was rude he's a
0: police officer trying to escape
2: it was a flimsy built
1: prison wasn't for Mm. his own life his battle was for his beliefs and for his faith he he knew that he was dead he was on an island in the middle of nowhere with no communication no way of getting off with a bunch of people who Mm. knew the island very well determined that he was going to die for their crops he was dead but his battle at that point was against paganism. It was the fact sure. he was—he was so angry. You, you saw at the very beginning of the film just how religious he was. He was, yeah. you know, mass every Sunday or, and yeah. all that sort of. He, he was holding a sermon. He was yeah. a, a, a virgin because he believed yeah. in sex after marriage and all that sort of stuff. So his, his battle was for Actually, his beliefs.
3: Really love how that virgin angle plays in as well because they they te- they tease that. They tease mm-hmm. it with, like, the whole, like, uh, the, the strip tease that the um, that um, Willow. Willow's doing. And he's, like, the wall. sweating
2: on the other side of the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you,
3: you, and, if, and I was saying to you guys, if you hadn't known the ending, and if you hadn't kind of, this is such a famous film, everyone knows the ending at this point, but if you hadn't known that, I genuinely think it would have been a, a massive twist. And it really is a big surprise that he turned out to be the sacrifice. Because they do, they play Rowan up to be the mm-hmm. sacrifice the entire time until the very end. And I think it would have taken me by surprise. Well, and, that's not I like. Yeah. Yeah. We're tricked as well as he is. Yeah. And I love that. I think that's it's, it's just such a fucking it's a, it's a shining example of how to do horror well. That it doesn't have to be jump scares and shitty tense music all the fucking time. It's it's a case of like just I don't know putting me in an uncomfortable situation and letting me just fester in that uncomfortable situation. And the last 10 minutes are just dripping in dread and fear and tension. And Brooke, I know you had some issues with the whole, like, uh, he, he can get out of a situation, but oh, I was just so fucking enraptured by what was happening.
1: Like the tense period where they where they had the knives in the pentacle shape and the yeah. oh and heads, God, heads that, were going through. Yeah, and then initially, when obviously they sliced yeah. the head off, but then the girl just ends up like, saying, oh, it was a fake head and laughing it off. But you were, you were sort of like, I was sat up. Mm-hmm. I was...
2: No, it's good. Like, you know, well done when you know the guy's gonna get burned alive but when he puts his head through that the mm-hmm. six swords you are genuinely stressed Shit for him which, despite like, the fact you know he's gonna get burned alive <laughs>
3: <laughs> so he clearly survives this endeavour comparatively those scenes in the new one are the not the bee scene and the breaking leg scene which just uh, yeah pointless it's like in the, in the in the original, it's it's a part of the May festival. We're having fun with all these. I'm having fun with all these. <laughs> you guys might be stressed out, but I'm having a great time at this May festival with all these these uh, villages and all these all these people. And, and the it's ten- still all fun yeah. and games,
2: quote unquote, isn't it? So, oh, yeah.
3: you got picked. Uh, you know, you're fine. Goodness. The tension comes from the fact that everything's normal to them, and everything's kind of they're not outwardly torturing someone they're just doing what they would do every year this is just normal to them this is just another day mm-hmm. whereas there's like there's, there's stupid overtones of like extra sin- sinisterness to the new one that I just don't think fucking works um, it's so much fun like I I really have nothing but but positive things to say about this it literally it did so much good it inspired a Scottish and musical festival in Scotland as well they do that's like that's amazing uh, do, like, I a we we want to, to attend we are going to attend where was that? In Galloway, I think it was. We've been we've to been, yeah, we, It's got the darkest need, skies uh,
1: in Europe, apparently. And now
3: we're going to go back to we Galloway. A, yeah, <laughs> we need to like a schedule in time when the when the actual festivals on once we're allowed to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: think my wrap up on this is mm-hmm. that I think it's a great film. Just go watch it. Thank me later. I'm probably going to watch it again at some point. It is charming. It is. Crafted with love and care, and it's beautiful all around. So get on it, guys.
2: And as we mentioned on the 1.0 one, <laughs> 1. episode, I guess we'd call it. Just the one. Uh, just <laughs> just, <laughs> just <laughs> the like, Yeah, the normal episode. You don't
3: put the O on the end. Um... <laughs>
2: It's listed on Amazon Prime as The Wicker Man 2006, but it's actually the original 1973 Wicker Man that's on there at the moment. So you can watch it for three on Amazon Prime at
3: the time of recording. Also, Jeff Bezos, I want my money back because I bought the original. <laughs> <laughs> <You> dick.
1: <laughs> Just out of interest, though, what was everyone's sort of like favorite creepiest scene?
3: Oh, shit. I mean, okay. it could
1: be your favourite scene as well, but what was what was, what was like the, the, one the one most got, unnerving yeah. one? Because I've got, I've got, say, a top three, Do, I would you, say. You go first, go on. Um, so, I'll have to think. One of mine was definitely when he was being lulled to sleep and it turns mm. around and it's just the human hand. And I know it's a bit more of a shock than, like, eerie, but I don't know, there was just something about that that because it, it looked like just a human hand yeah. on fire. Do you know what I mean? It was like actual sort of witchcraftiness almost. Yeah, it was
2: pretty
1: awful. Um, what about your guys?
2: I wouldn't say it was creepy, but I think it was just little elements of... Again, like good world building and good plot development where it was like having the dinner where it was like tinned meat and potatoes, for yeah. instance. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. little aspects like that, which isn't scary in of itself. But it's like, yeah, you're on, you know, an island which is known for its bountiful harvests and things like that and you're eating just little things like it's starting to piece together, something's not right here, but why? Like, you know, it's it's that sort of Little details like that that yeah. show they put time and thought into how they live their lives due to the fact that, you know, the crops aren't growing and this is how their Unlike world in is. in
1: 2006, where they had bountiful amounts of food, mm. but they were still killing someone for honey. But they were getting it delivered.
2: <laughs> yeah, but they were getting apples and stuff
0: delivered in. But how are they making money if they've got no fucking crops?
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway we could, I could pitch all day about
3: that yeah. one. Little nitpicks,
0: right? I really... Enjoyed the opening to start with, where I was just flying over different islands with folk song. I couldn't watch that for two hours. because we've
3: been there. They flew over <laughs> yeah. the Isle of Skye, and I literally saw the exact spot where I stood on the uh, the store, which is like the really famous kind of spiky bits that come out. You've seen them in films before. And I was like, oh, was that it weird... Old Man of Store or was it? it was, I think it was just the store because the Old Man of Store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did this last time. <laughs> we did this last time, but
0: yeah, I think mostly though, other than scenes, it's more the the care to the details, such mm. as the. Yeah, confectionery shop. How creepy Mm. all that fucking confectionery was in itself. Um, how homemade and creepy the costumes were. They looked really old school. But they sort
1: of tied those into real life again, didn't they? Like they had like the sherbet stuff in like the shops that you would get in like a normal thing. Like the Christopher Lee as he was leading the parade, like sneakers on. So it was sort of like you could. You could see yourself in that situation because you saw bits of your reality in it yeah. at the same time with all this absurdity going yeah, around. The, like
2: the culture it, clash which made yeah, it interesting Yeah, you that line very unnerving. well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, like the chants were asymmetrical. We had people baked out of bread and just tons mm-hmm. and tons of small little yeah. details everywhere that made everything come together
3: beautifully. I'm kind of going to echo you and Jack here because you're you absolutely... And, and Hannah as well for that. But you're right, the details is what makes it so fucking effective. There's a scene, kind of as soon as May the May Festival's beginning where... um. Uh, Sergeant Howie's been, like, chased by the guy in the costume. He's, like, playing hide-and-seek with him. <laughs> the guy in the big dragon costume. Oh,
1: yeah. With and then the, he, like, le- horse. Yeah, he yeah. leads
3: him to this little, little, like, kind of outcropping where they're all having a drink. But you can see in the background... Wait, well, it's in the foreground, but then you can see in the background there's a guy, like, mixing tar. And you're like, well, that's obviously going to be used. And this is, like, early on. This is the beginning mm-hmm. of the main thing. That's going to be used for the, for the Wicker Man later. It's, like, this really fun scene but this is like, there's always like an edge of ominousness to what's happening to the like, There's the, it's foreshadowing done well versus deadpan yeah Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna shout this at your face this is yeah. what's happening i think ultimately
2: the, the festival of death
3: yeah exactly i think ultimately what you can and rebirth oh fuck <laughs> i thought you were doing that <laughs> what you notice is one is highly subtle and one is the the complete opposite of subtle, and I think obviously, we're always with horror, salty wins. If you haven't seen Midsummer, I know you two haven't. I, I would no, but
1: I definitely want tell to tell you
3: if you liked this version of The Wicker Man, Midsummer is a is a pretty perfect um, in, a homage to folk horror. Um, final thoughts: I think we've all kind of said nothing but but praise about this. I don't know if you guys want to add anything else, but I've got a little final thoughts to to give. If that's okay, is that, is that okay, guys? Can I do that? Yeah, go ahead. Not supposed to. I would say, yeah, slow burn horror film portraying cynicism and paranoia. It's just absolutely dripping with important themes, religion, uh, sexuality, I don't know, like, like, civilization, whatever it is, culture, community, whatever it is. And what else do I need to say? It's got Christopher Lee in a fucking dress. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> and he sings. Yeah, and he sings. Watch it now. Oh, and he has hair
2: like the coconut kid off Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide as well. I, forgot <laughs> I, <mentioned
3: that. laughs> I don't even know what that is. It was weird seeing him so young. It was, it was, but like, I know I've, I've kind of done final thoughts, but I want to say one more thing.
1: <laughs> like the really
3: weird scene with the coconut trees and all the, like the really exotic trees that really fucked me up. Do you remember this?
1: The one where like they first see the the house that he's in, and it's got like the.
3: Sorry, Jack's just showing me a picture of coconut <laughs> head from what is it from?
2: Ned's Declassified School it's Survival Guide. It was like the... some show on Nickelodeon or something ages
3: ago. That's the... Look, of looks like Ryan right now. It's quite, I can't get hair cut in quarantine. Sorry. <laughs> right. Okay. But yeah, you're right. Again, like the coconut trees, the fact that there's like tropical trees growing in Scotland, it it just makes everything so fucking unnerved. Everything's yeah, so unnerving. Everything's so unnerving. That's
1: what leads to the the paganism. I don't know. It's yeah. just it's so beautifully done.
3: Um, I'm I'm here for it. Do you, any of you guys want to say some final thoughts, or you're all good? You're all good. Okay. No, I think you've. Fuck uh... you guys then. Oh,
1: okay. You've got it all in a nutshell.
3: <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening again to our Point 0.5 episode. If you have not yet, please go back and listen to all of our other episodes. We. Really, really enjoy the support and really appreciate the support you guys have given us. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Bad Taste Buds Pod. I got to write that time hey. to the Lord. You see, I fucked it up. Um, and Facebook at Bad Taste Buds Podcast. And Pad. <coughs> pod. yeah, so so close. close. I'm gonna get this right one day. BadTasteBuds.com is our website. Uh, and check us out next week while we will be reviewing Batman and Robin.
2: And uh, keep an eye on our social media because we may be doing a giveaway for the classic 1973 Wicker Man.
3: We might be indeed if if you're watching carefully. You can apply even if you're allergic to bees. But not if you live outside of Europe, sorry. How do I get burned? (laughs) (laughs) Bye.